Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Back in the spring of 2015, when I was 35 years old, my metabolism hit rock bottom. And here's the kicker. I didn't change anything in my diet or exercise routine, yet month after month, the scale continued to climb until I was the heaviest I had ever been in my life. In less than one year, I had gained 30 pounds on my five foot two frame, but it looked like so much more, probably because I'm just five foot two. I avoided mirrors, I added extra daily workouts to my routine, and I reluctantly sized up my clothes while still keeping my size two and size four dresses in the back of the closet for when I ever figured out how to lose the weight. And I can't begin to tell you how many women have come to me over the years and shared that they have struggled with weight resistance too. That no matter what they did, the weight would not come off. Now, if this has been your struggle as well, you are not alone. And today I'm gonna share not only what drives insulin resistance, what drives poor metabolic function and weight resistance, but also offer simple ways to get your metabolism back online. So why are women struggling with weight gain and poor metabolic function? No surprise, our hormones are playing a major role. See, our sensitive hormones, also known as our chemical messengers, are constantly responding and adjusting based on our lifestyle choices. These involve, but not limited to, the food that we eat, when we eat food, even how we eat food, the toxins that we're exposed to, perceived stress and anxiety, past trauma, nutrient deficiencies, changes in our hormones over time, and so much more. Basically, it's not and has never been calories out versus calories in equation, especially for women. And what's more is most of us are experiencing some level of insulin resistance after we hit age 35, and some of us are experiencing some level of insulin resistance as early as being a child, depending on how we grew up in the American standard lifestyle. Now, the reason why we begin to see insulin resistance in women, specifically after the age of 35, and even more so after the age of 40, has everything to do with hormone changes in early and mid-stage perimenopause. Now, perimenopause is a topic that I love to dive into because it's a 15-year span where women are doing the biggest things and have the most responsibilities, and yet their bodies are shifting and changing in a big, big way. So if you want to learn more about what to expect during stages of perimenopause, because yes, there are multiple stages in perimenopause, and the more that we know about them, the more that we can prepare to pivot when our body pivots. So if you want to go back and listen to that, it's episode 243. And like I said, I have an entire episode dedicated to one of the most overlooked phases that women go through. But to quickly summarize and to paint a picture, because I want to give you a little picture here, in perimenopause, progesterone and estrogen, which are our reproductive hormones, decline slowly over time due to your ovaries saying that they are ready to bow out. Progesterone is your calming hormone. And it starts to bow out, it starts to decline first 
in your mid to late 30s. And what a lot of women don't know is that progesterone, although it's always considered like the uterus protecting hormone, it's what maintains pregnancy, it's the hormone that gets released in the second part of your cycle, but what a lot of us don't know is that progesterone is a stress protecting hormone. The latest research shows that as progesterone levels decrease, we have higher levels of perceived stress and increased risk for depression and anxiety. Given this major shift, I often recommend a little bit of progesterone cream or serum to help get through the big progesterone crash when symptoms are not clearing up with lifestyle alone. And I think that this can be so critical for women, especially as they navigate the end of perimenopause when everything seems to be hitting the fan. Sometimes a bioidentical progesterone can really help. That's after you've exhausted everything else. Now, I actually carry, because I have so many women in that eye of the storm, I carry an effective and natural progesterone serum in the Essentially Whole supplement store, and it's one of the tools that I actually use to get pregnant at age 40 since my levels had been so low well before 35. Like I had plummeted my progesterone levels in my early to mid 30s because of all of the stress that I was dealing with. And so when I was trying to get pregnant, although my progesterone levels looked okay, they just weren't enough to sustain a pregnancy. And so I just wanna speak into some of the benefits that a natural progesterone can bring to the table if you're really in it. Okay, so what does low progesterone and it being a stress-protecting hormone have to do with poor metabolic function? Well, when we have higher levels of perceived stress, and that is when we think stress is coming on, right? We anticipate stress, you know, or we are encountered with something that feels like a stressor and our body responds as such. This happens all the time. So when we have higher levels of this perceived stress, cortisol gets whacked out and it co-elevates with insulin. And that helps to deal with the survival emergency signals your body is screaming to have addressed. Now, a not so fun fact, chronic stress, which is driven by higher levels of perceived stress, equals insulin resistance without even eating sugar. Although many of us stress eat on top of that. And it's no surprise, when we are stressed, our brain sends a signal out that we need more sugar. It's like this crazy spiral that gets out of control over and over and over again. We know now that when you eat something super sweet because your brain is saying, I need something, your blood sugar levels go out of control, insulin has to rebound to bring in and signal the cells to suck up all that glucose but then that you end up overcorrecting. And when you overcorrect, your blood sugar levels go super, super low. And that unfortunately sends a signal to the brain again that you need something. You need something sweet. You need something carb-driven to make up for that big glucose dip. And so we end up finding ourselves in this perpetual cycle. So it's because we're stressed. It's because we get into this crazy blood sugar you know, highs and lows dip that the brain is constantly sending signals to the body to eat more sugar. We get these crazy cravings that get out of control. And so 
This hormonal cascade that is constantly triggered throughout the day for many of us is the equivalent to basically eating a cupcake without actually eating it when we're driving that stress response system. Or maybe you're still driving that stress response system and eating the cupcake as well, which is even making things worse. So I just wanted to speak into when we drop progesterone levels naturally, our stress response system is more activated. That drives a deregulation of cortisol. That drives an uptick in insulin resistance, leading to cravings, visceral belly fat, weight resistance, metabolic issues, inflammation, a slew of things that happen. And this is a part of the natural phase of what happens to us as women. Luckily, there's something we can do about it. I'm going to get to that. Now, the second hormone that I mentioned earlier in perimenopause is estrogen. And when estrogen slowly begins to decline in our 40s, its insulin protective properties decline too. Estrogen is known for protecting our insulin sensitivity. And when we lose it due to natural ovarian decline, many of us quickly become insulin resistant and we begin to notice because stubborn weight won't go anywhere, it just won't budge. And so that is how these two reproductive hormones can have a profound impact on our metabolism and our insulin levels if we're not pivoting along with their pivots. Now, there are other hormone players involved here. These are our metabolic hormones. Thyroid hormone, which is also known as T3, leptin, and ghrelin. Now, I explained how these players play a role in insulin resistance two weeks ago on another Friday episode. This was episode 270. So definitely after this episode, if you want to know more about these three hormone players and how they play a role, definitely go and check out the topic, Why Do We Gain Weight Even When We Don't Eat Sugar? This was such a fun episode to write because I know how often women are giving up sugar and yet the scale still doesn't move. Like what's going on? And I go into full detail in that episode. Okay. Now that you have a picture of how changes in progesterone and estrogen can impact insulin levels, causing insulin resistance and poor metabolic function, it's no wonder that we are struggling with weight resistance. Simple, natural changes in our body set us up for some big struggles unless we adapt along with our bodies. This is a big topic in my newest book, The Essential Oils Menopause Solution, because we've got to address this, right? So many women hit their 40s and all of a sudden they're just like, I'm gaining weight. I don't know what to do. I give up. I don't know how to get back online. And that's because our hormones are shifting. We have got to shift our metabolism based on the changes that are naturally occurring in our bodies. Or we get stuck with the status quo, which is gaining weight, the belly fat, the cravings, the mood swings, the anxiety, all the things, the brain fog, all of that's tied to this hormone deregulation that we can actually get back into control of. So although hormones are playing a role behind the scenes, there are other important factors that lend to weight gain and poor metabolic function. And I wanna just share some of these right now. Now what I want you to do is I want you to listen in and see if any of these feel like things that you may be dealing with right now in your day-to-day life. Just things that we don't think of have a role in contributing to our metabolic function ultimately do. So here's the list. Just do a mental note of what could be potentially a part of your metabolic story. All right, number one, we are more sedentary than ever, especially during the pandemic. We seem to get less sleep, which has significant consequences on our ability to process energy. Basically, not enough sleep messes with your mitochondrial function. They stop making energy for you. So we gotta make sure that we are doing that. And I have some recommendations in just a moment. 
Our environmental and synthetic toxin exposure impairs mitochondria and metabolism. The majority of energy intake amongst individuals in the United States comes from ultra-processed foods, beverages, food stuff. Most importantly, ultra-processed fats that get stored, which leads to inflammation. We are constantly on the go, which creates a hormone cascade that promotes fat storage around the midsection rather than use it for energy. Eating late at night and snacking frequently, common practices in the modern life can result in higher levels of insulin that block fat usage for energy in the body. We are nutrient deficient, which slows down our cellular metabolism. We naturally lose muscle mass as we get older, especially us as women, which contribute to a sluggish metabolism and insulin resistance. And natural sugar is found in a ton of foods that we consume each day that could be impacting our blood glucose levels, and we may not even know it. Foods like sweet potatoes, berries, coffee, yogurt, wild yams, wild rice, these healthy foods could be spiking your insulin levels. And that's not even to mention processed carbohydrates, you know, hydrogenated fats, fried foods, the things that really drive inflammation and insulin resistance. Now that I list the major players in poor metabolic health, can you relate to any of these other factors that could be impacting your metabolic fitness? If you're saying yes to one or more, I would love to hear, you can reach out to me at Dr. Marisa in my DMs, love to hear like what do you think is actually driving some metabolic concerns for you. For me, as I look at this list right now, sleep is a major issue because Kingston is having major sleep regression, so I'm having sleep regression as well. And then the other big thing that I would say is that right now in my mama energy, I'm probably more on the go than normal. That's probably causing some hormone deregulation as well. So I'm just being really like full disclaimer (laughs) with you. Like there's always gonna be something, so we're gonna do the best that we can. I've got some great recommendations that I've adopted that have made a huge difference in my life, and I know that they're gonna make a big difference in yours. Okay, so recently, In the last couple of episodes, I've been focusing a lot on metabolism and insulin resistance because these are areas that women are coming to me all the time wanting solutions and finding that they're not getting what they're looking for. So I've really dived deep into some of these big areas. So I have also had the opportunity to share some of my favorite ways to boost your metabolism. But today what I wanna do is I wanna offer more recommendations to not only boost your metabolism, but also to create more insulin sensitivity. Let's keep these hormones happy, especially the big metabolic ones. So number one, the first thing I'm gonna recommend, I'm super excited about this, this has been a game change for me, is reset your circadian rhythms by incorporating evening rituals and morning rituals. So let's just first start with the evening ritual. Number one, and I don't go into all of the evening rituals, I have a ton in the EO Menopause Solution book, I have a full gamut of amazing nighttime rituals that you can explore and play with and find which ones you love, but these are kind of the non-negotiables for me. Number one, you eat three hours or more before bed. This is so imperative. One, your body isn't working so hard before you go to bed. Your brain can clean up all the amyloid plaque and garbage it created during the day. We just have a better chance to restore the body and get deeper sleep when we eat at least three hours before going to bed. Next, taking three to 500 milligrams of magnesium glycinate. This is a game change for me. Not only does it calm my mind, but it helps me prime for sleep and it's phenomenal for making sure that all of my energetic processes are running. I do carry my number one supplement that people love is Magnesium Restore and it's perfect to support relaxation and mood before bed. And you can even pair it with a couple of things. You can pair it with GABA 
and or taurine and these are phenomenal for helping to take the edge off and really getting to your body into a place of deep rest and restoration and ensure that your body is releasing melatonin which is going to get you that deep deep sleep no electronics and blue light one hour to 30 minutes before bed Make sure the bedroom and bed are dark and cool enough for you to relax and really get that deep sleep. You are aiming for at least eight hours per night and make sure those eight hours are full of high quality shed eye, meaning that you spend as much time as possible in REM sleep, which rejuvenates the brain and deep sleep, which restores the body. That means creating a sleep routine. And like I said, I have an epic sleep routine in my newest book, The EO Menopause Solution. Now, let's talk about the morning. In the morning, to help turn your cortisol awakening response on, this is driven by cortisol, it's when cortisol peaks in the morning, to literally, it takes you from like being groggy in your bed to actually getting up and doing things. So to make sure that your body is fully awake and generating energy for you, go outside in nature and get some fresh air in the first 30 minutes after you wake up. This will boost your mitochondria, lower your stress, and help you feel more energized. Now, if you really wanna take it a next level and boost your metabolism out the gate in the morning, I recommend that when you're outside, try exercising for 15 to 20 minutes. Even if it's doing yoga or Pilates or taking a walk or weightlifting, whatever it may be, do some movement outside for 15 to 20 minutes when you wake up in the morning. I recommend doing this because it is powerful, especially while you're still fasting from the night before. Because when you're still fasting, you will continue to stabilize blood sugar levels and boost your insulin sensitivity. And when you put a workout in, when your cortisol is at its peak, during that cortisol awakening response, you feel so good. And you avoid any risk of feeling drained or burned out, especially when you're working out later in the afternoon or the evening. So that's what I love about this. So one, you are boosting your mitochondria, you are getting into fat burning mode, you are boosting your metabolism, you're stabilizing your insulin levels, and you are getting fresh air and vitamin D, and you are helping to support and increase your vagal tone. So to me, this morning ritual that literally takes five to 15 minutes can make your day, literally make your day. This has been the one thing that although I'm not getting enough sleep because of the baby, I am doing this ritual every single morning and it almost feels like I got a full night's rest, like I feel so much better. Number two, intermittent fasting. This is the ticket to an effective strategy for reducing inflammation, lowering blood sugar levels, boosting energy and focus, getting you in a fat burning mode, and increasing mitochondrial energy function. I say, especially for women in their 40s and 50s, aim for 13 to 15 hour fasting window three to five times a week. If you can do five times a week, yes. And what I love about this is, you know, a 12 hour window is super easy, right? Seven to seven, 8 to 8, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., but you can just go one more hour. So we eat before 7. We try to eat at 6 p.m. So let's say I finish eating at 6.30, then a 12-hour fast for me is 6.30 a.m., but if I can push myself to 8.30, now I am in a 14-hour fast, right? So it just gives you some flexibility there, but I think a lot of us can at least get to 13 hours or 14 hours. Now, when you do this, you are getting into major fat burning mode. You are restoring that metabolic function. Now, if you want to repair your cells via cellular autophagy, 
Try a 17-hour fast one to two times a week. Cellular autophagy is the act of your cells doing a major spring cleaning and getting rid of any waste it doesn't need. When we give ourselves time to clean shop, it significantly extends our longevity. All right, number three. Break your fast with powerful nutrition and with protein as the focus. So start your day with a big glass of water, like literally 16 to 20 ounces. That's going to prime your gut and your liver. If you want to add lemons, citruses, cucumbers, mint, basil to even make it a powerful detoxifying water, do so. Definitely tastes better as well, although I love just pure water. Next, swap out sugar and creamer for cinnamon in your coffee or cinnamon in your tea. Cinnamon is a powerful stabilizing blood glucose and it is also heart protective. So it's great for supporting blood sugar levels. This is a swap that I started 10 years ago and I've never looked back. And then make sure that you're always having protein in every single meal, especially breakfast or whenever you break your fast. And I aim for 25 to 30 grams of protein minimum to support your muscles and aid in stabilizing glucose and insulin levels. Protein is the name of the game, especially for us as women. We're losing muscle mass, as I mentioned earlier, and we've got to help rebuild that. So increased protein intake is going to be critical for us as we move into our 40s. 50s and beyond. Number four, focus on three meal magic. This is a term coined by my dear friend Trisha Nelson, who will be coming back on the show this summer. She has an amazing program called Heal Your Hunger. So she works on emotional eating. And the focus is to get all of the nutrients that you need from three meals a day. And that means no snacks. This gives your digestive system, metabolism, and cells an opportunity to turn that meal into fuel and for your insulin and blood sugar levels to stabilize. Now, if we eat frequent meals throughout the day, we never, ever give our body an opportunity to go into fat burning mode and to clean up all of the waste and energy that it requires to run digestion. And so we are constantly in a sugar burning mode and we are constantly in a state of some level of inflammation because your body never gets the chance to rest. Number five, swap your 45 to 60 minute cardiovascular workout for lifting weights at least 20 to 30 minutes a day three to four times a week and make them as heavy as you can and rep it out until your muscles are fatigued. This will help to increase muscle mass and stabilize insulin levels and definitely boost your metabolism. This is so, so critical. Not only will do that, it'll help support brain function, heart function. It'll help to make your bones stronger. There are so many side benefits to exercise, but specifically weight training for us as women. We don't do enough of it. We've got to move into that. Cardiovascular exercise, especially long durations of it, burn us out and can increase cortisol, can just cause a slew of problems, especially as we get older. Number six, I know I have a ton of these, but you can just pick and choose whatever one feels really good with you to get started and then slowly integrate the rest of these. Breathe is number six. Deep breathing throughout the day increases your vagal tone, which activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is known as the rest and digest system. Given how often we are feeling stress and firing off that sympathetic nervous system, aka what I talk about all the time, the stress response system, the opposite of the parasympathetic nervous system, it's critical to focus on increasing your vagal tone so that your body can relax faster after encountering a stressor, which many of us are dealing with all all day long. 
Now, I recommend by increasing your vagal tone to set a reminder three to four times a day on your phone to deep breathe for 30 seconds to 60 seconds. When you're doing this, again, so many benefits. One, increasing alertness, mental capacity, reducing the stress response system, increasing your vagal tone. All of it is a benefit to your overall longevity and your metabolism. Number seven, we're getting so close. Love your liver. Your liver is critical to metabolic function and plays a huge role in fat storage. Daily liver support includes being mindful of sugary foods, being mindful of alcohol and medications, doing the morning metabolic boosting routine that I quickly went over earlier, and make sure that you are well supplemented. Probably one of my best-selling supplements besides the Magnesium Restore is the liver support supplement that has so many of the vitamins that we need. Vitamin C, selenium, cofactors like lopaic acid and N-acetylcysteine and hepatic herbs like turmeric to support and heal your liver. These are the things that your liver absolutely needs to function and so often we're not getting enough of them. Other critical supplements for supporting your liver are magnesium, B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D, and choline. Other supplements to support insulin sensitivity are insoluble fiber, probiotics, chromium, and berberine. Now I carry many of these supplements that I mentioned just now in the Essentially Whole store because I want women to have their key nutrients filled, that they're dressing those nutrient gaps, that they are making sure that their body has everything they need to function. So if you wanna go check that out, I will have a link in the show notes to go and stock up if you're running low on some of these big essentials like magnesium, B vitamins, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Now, since diabetes runs in my family, and I have a genetic propensity towards type 2 diabetes, this is what I personally take to support to stabilize insulin levels because I'm not gonna pretend. It is really, really easy for me to get into poor metabolic function. Like it could be one food and it messes up my entire day. That's just how my body is. I'm working diligently to improve my metabolic fitness because right now, although I'm very, very diligent and very disciplined about maintaining really great metabolic fitness, if I ever decide to slack or kind of make some more poor food choices, I immediately go into the red zone of my metabolic function. So I just want to speak in that I don't have a lot of resilience. I don't have a lot of wiggle room. Now, some people do, especially guys. Guys have more wiggle room than we do. <laughs> but I just want to speak in that. So every day I'm really, really committed to ensuring that my metabolic function is locked and loaded and that my insulin and blood sugar levels are looking great. And so I personally take magnesium. I take probably 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate every day in my magnesium restore. I take an activated B vitamin. I take 500 units of vitamin D. I take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. I add fiber to my smoothies. I use a spore-based probiotic called Just Thrive Probiotics. These are the things I'm taking just to support blood sugar levels and insulin because for me, I know it's a major issue. I know I could easily tip the scale in the wrong direction. And there's so many side benefits to all of these beautifully critical vitamins as well. But I just wanted to speak into my own journey and how important I think it is to ensure that my metabolic health is tuned as much as possible 
because I know that it leads to overall cellular longevity down the road. And I don't know about you, but life is about living it and about joy and about experience and about having great quality of it. And so I want that for as long as possible. And I want that for you for as long as possible too. So as I mentioned, I'll have the link to, into the Essentially Whole store. Or you can go to drmarisa.com slash shop supplements. And I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and joining me today as we dive deep into what is really going on with us as women when it comes to having metabolic issues. Now, if you find that these episodes are really showing up to serve you, you're learning a lot, please subscribe and rate this podcast. This is how I get this message out to more women. There's so much misinformation about women's hormone health in the world. And by letting people know that you're listening to this show, they're gonna tune in and hopefully it'll be a game change for them. Now coming up, one of my favorite practitioners, Dr. Amy Shaw, we're gonna be talking about why are we so tired and how to take the first step to creating more sustainable energy. Hint, we did talk a lot about that today as well, but we're gonna dive deeper in it on Tuesday when Amy and I get together. Until then, have an amazing weekend.